Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the beverage space. I'm so excited about this very cool new brand called Agua Bonita. And on the podcast today is Kayla Castañeda. Kayla, it's so great to have you with us today on the ContenderCast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk today. I am so excited that you're here. I love a good brand person. We actually both spent time at Coca-Cola. We weren't there at the same times, but I, I did spend 10 years there. I saw you spend a couple years there. So you've got a strong marketing and sales background and whatnot. And I can't wait to understand um, you know, what brought you to starting your own business. And that's where we're going to start today. So share with our audience a little bit about you and your background before Agua Bonita. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Coca-Cola definitely prepared me, I would say, for this role. Um, But really, kind of like all my life, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Like I was the girl in high school that was like making bracelets and selling them and like, you know, like working at the student store, stuff like that. Um, But I grew up in a really small town. And so I wanted something that was totally different. Moved to New York City straight out of high school. um, And there's just a ton of major corporations there. So started working in sales and marketing for Major League Baseball um, and then kind of steamrolled into working in their food and beverage departments because I had like every other college student, I worked as a waitress and, you know, a hostess and all these restaurants. And I just got to see like a totally different side of food and beverage than I had ever seen before in my small town. Um, So that really kind of like opened my eyes to just this whole other world of food and beverage. Um, but I still needed to pay my bills. Of course, <laughs> so right. I, yeah. so I stuck with the large corporations and kind of just, uh, climbed my way up there. And wow. I eventually landed with Coca-Cola. Um, and that's where I did a lot of market development, um, having like a huge portfolio of like billion dollar brands to sell to people really helps. Totally. Um, it does. It yeah, makes it so, it's an easier yeah. door opener for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one's asking like, what company are you from? Everyone right. knows exactly. who Coca-Cola is. Uh, yeah. But so I spent some time there and really got to like talk to a lot of customers face to face, not just like on the consumer side, but really people that are like owning their own small businesses and how food and beverage and like these big vendors impact their day-to-day lives. And so I really wanted to work in a space that I could make more impact with my skill set. So I started consulting for smaller brands and then the pandemic rolled into town and kind of took a lot of that, you know, work off the table. Um, and then I decided what better time to start my own business in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> right. Perfect timing. So, Why yeah. not? <laughs> I love it. Um, that's, that's really cool. So Agua Bonita, the first ready to drink hundred percent real fruit aguas frescas. So let's do mm-hmm. this first. Let's talk about this segment of the beverage industry. Help us understand what your target is from a beverage perspective, and then we'll talk about you know why why you decided to jump into this specific space. Yeah, sure. So for us, Aguas Frescas 
and presenting ourselves as an agua fresca is super important. When you go shopping and you start like looking at these different labels and stuff, you'll see that like a lot of juices are really only like maybe five to 10% juice. Um, and yeah, and like, you know, they market themselves as a juice, but it's really like, uh, a little tiny drop of juice right. and then a ton of other, <laughs> other stuff. stuff. Right. Yeah. And so we wanted to be very transparent about our blends and our frescas really as a concept are so simple. It's like, okay, you take some fruit, blend it up, put a lot of water in it and like sweeten it traditionally. Um, and then there you have it. And so we had grown up with always frescas all the time, but then when we started flipping labels over, we just didn't see anything that really fit the bill in what we were looking for. Um, yeah. And then just wanting to like create a healthier version of those traditional drinks. So yeah, always fresco is for us very important to present in that category. And then when you start looking at the like ready to drink category of always frescas, they're really missing from the market. Um, yeah. So it just was like a beautiful culmination of like an homage to our heritage, plus like all this white space to fill in the market. Love that. Yeah. What a great space to be in. So you got the tart and minty and sweet and spicy. Talk about the different brands or the the flavor profiles you're going for here. Yeah. So our flavors uh, were definitely like taken straight from our kitchen. So the watermelon chili, the sweet and spicy one that you're talking about is supposed to be evocative of like fresh cut, um, watermelon chunks with like tahine sprinkled on them. It's just like something that I think lots of Mexican households grew up as a snack. And we really wanted to like, just encompass that whole feeling and put it into a can. Um, so that's my favorite one. If you totally. can't tell, I could tell. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a favorite one. Um, our other one, the tart and minty has actually changed a little bit to tart and sweet. Oh, very good. Um, yeah, it's going to be pineapple. Um, it's getting produced right now. Oh, wow. Uh, it was cucumber, right? Cucumber. Was that right? It yeah. was cucumber. Okay, got it's it. It's still cucumber, yeah. It's still going to be cucumber. It's going to be cucumber pineapple instead of like cucumber mint. And um, That was like where the tart and minty came from. And we actually made that change because, um, like I said, I was out uh, talking to all these customers and so was my co-founder. So we just like crowdsourced that flavor to just tell people like, what do you want to see in an agua fresca and across pineapple? Um, yeah. So that one got a tropical update. I love it. So it's one thing to have an idea. It's one thing to think, okay, yeah, we have, we see a gap in the beverage sector. We see an opportunity. Um, it, you knew, you know, the beverage space and sales from your sales and marketing background. How did you go from, I think we should start something in the segment to actually making a product, like getting cans and making product that goes in cans, et cetera. Like what did that look like? How did you start? Um, it's difficult. (laughs) I will start with that. It's difficult. Um, it sounds in theory easy. Like, yeah, just call up for some cans and call up for some ingredients. (laughs) Not so simple. Um, because of my background, I had a network of people that were like very specialized. So I just happened to know like a can broker. Uh, I don't know if anyone else, you know, just Joe Schmo on the street right. knows like a can, an aluminum can broker. Um, 
So that's really how we started, just like leaning into my past network. But I will tell you the process of going from uh, like in your kitchen recipe to like commercial formulation is a tough one. And we struck out a couple of times with different um, companies. Like, you know, we did the whole Google search when you're just looking. Right. Of course. First time. Someone to be like, yeah, to make your drink. And then, um, unfortunately, we had to learn through some tough experiences and some money loss that, that just because you find them on the internet and they right. say that doesn't they can mean do it, that they're going to ever do it. That's right. Doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do it. No. Um, yeah. So, I mean, referrals have been a huge part in getting our product pulled together. So, calling up people that already have drinks out in the market and things like that and asking them like, Hey, who did you use for X, Y, and Z? And how was your experience? And then getting passed along, uh, that way has been super, super helpful. I'm sure. Yeah. That, that, and a lot of lessons learned. I can't wait to explore those in a few moments. Um, your branding and packaging looks super nice. Like how did you sort that out and get that figured out? That all, all the glory in that goes to my co-founder, Erin. Um, we put together like a big Pinterest board of things that we were inspired by and like things or textiles around our house that we loved and like childhood memories and just like compiled them all together. And Erin being just like the rock star that she is just looked at everything and like threw it into illustrator at like 3am with her baby asleep, um, to, like <laughs> nice. to make these cans. Yeah. So it was a labor of love and an in-house project and just, yeah, a whole huge virtual board of like things that we were inspired by in our culture. Well, wow, I love that. Um, and then who were you targeting? Like who's the target consumer with this beverage brand? For us, I think our target consumer is just someone that wants to make a better for you choice um, without sacrificing flavor. I think that there's like a fine line that you ride between uh, being like super healthy food, you know, but like you kind of expect it to not taste that good right. sometimes. Totally. Um, yeah. So for us, we just wanted to be a product that first and foremost tastes good, but then just so happens to be good for you. And then so happens to also be good for the planet because we also upcycle um, some of our produce. So, oh, interesting. That's great. Really cool. Um, as you have just in your early stages, it would have been. What's been the initial response? Has there been a, a moment when you're like, okay, I think we have something here? Yeah, our moment of I think we have something here was a couple of weeks after we launched online. We sold out our entire first production run online wow. in a couple of weeks. We thought it was going to be a few months <laughs> and it just, it just flew. And so wow. it's a good problem to have. Um, but then, yeah, we were out of stock. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, you don't want to hold a lot of inventory because you don't know if it's going to sell. And then there's a shelf life on these products, right? Yeah. Our shelf life is at about 18 months though. So oh, wow. we're pretty good. with. Oh, you don't have any issues with that yeah. then. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. We're, we're pretty good on that side. I think really more at this stage and like any startup will come across this is like inventory in small batches is expensive. Totally. Um, but that's kind of... It's a catch 22, right? Issue. How much do you, inventory do you make and put a lot of investment into it sitting around a warehouse versus 
smaller batch because you're not sure how much is going to sell, right? I mean, it's a it's a yeah. tension you have to manage. Yeah, and that issue just never goes away. Uh, like <laughs> At it all. just yeah, it like, becomes a bigger matter. issue. Ideally, right? It's just a bigger yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, it goes from the garage space to the warehouse <laughs> space. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still that do, balancing actually. act. Well, that's so fascinating. Um, you mentioned co-founders. Um, I always love to ask co-founders this question. Like, is there something that you focus on and then your your co-founder focuses on a different part of the business? You know what I mean? Like, are there areas where you're best and your co-founder is best? What does that look like? Yeah. Aaron and I are actually very complimentary of one another. We both have like the same work ethic and like dedication to excellency and like our, our product. But she is much more gifted in like the marketing and really like pulling things together. Um, I'm more of like the dreamer, the the visionary, you know, <laughs> Got it. Um, she's the one that like can execute some things a bit better, but I usually handle the sales side of stuff. And, uh, you know, the, I would say my job is to get people to buy it over and over again. And sure. your job is to make people, buy it the first time because it looks nice and they want it, you know? So kind of that balancing act. Wow. That's really, really cool. Um, and exciting. So as you look to the year ahead, you know, what's the plan for growth? Is it direct to consumer? Are you working on retail? What does that look like? Yeah, for us right now, we are focusing on expanding our retail footprint because you can find us in a few uh, boutique retailers across Texas and in San Diego. Um, but we would love to be on more grocery store shelves. Uh, we'll still have our direct consumer and you can always find us online and um, on Amazon this summer. But for us, we really want to meet consumers where they're at and retail for a beverage is always going to be a huge part of that plan. Got it. That's awesome. Uh, I'd love to ask our our guests also, like, what have been some of the biggest lessons learned uh, in the time since they've launched the business? And I know you're, again, early stages here, but I know you've had some lessons. What would be two or three that you'd offer to our audience? <laughs> uh, well, a tagline that we have is when life gives you lemons, make always frescas. Because <laughs> That's actually cool. We just, I love that. <laughs> yeah, we have learned so many um, hard lessons. I would just say vet out, uh, the people that you're working with, because if you are going to go into production with someone, it's going to be a long relationship that you have right. with them. No doubt. And, and you want to make sure that there's like a clear understanding of what you're trying to accomplish and their capabilities, because, um, that alignment is just going to save you a lot, a lot of headaches um, down the road. And then, Obviously, just be scrappy. We uh, have like bootstrapped the majority of things so far. And at this stage, you know, stuff is really expensive. Minimum order sure. quantities are, uh, uh, are really, really high. So yeah, no doubt. Uh, just get creative with your money um, because it goes quick. <laughs> That's so, so valuable. Um, this has been really cool. Uh, Kayla, share with our audience where they can find you, find the product, learn more, you know, dive into the brand, etc. Yeah, so you can find Agua Bonita at www.drinkaguabonita.com and we will get you some 
great Aguas Fresca straight to your door. You can find us on Amazon this summer. Ooh, and awesome. also, yeah, and more retailers coming this summer. If you follow us on Instagram at Drink Agua Bonita, you'll see all of our new retailers listed there. Kayla, it's been so great meeting you. I'm excited. I love the brand product package space <laughs> industry around this. Um, Thank and you. I can't wait to see where this goes for you. I hope you will come back on as you grow the business and, and get into more doors and, and even expand the product line. I hope you'll join us again. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you love so it. much, Kayla. It's been great having you today. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.